Welcome to Thriving the Future podcast, where we're finding positive solutions to thrive in the tough times ahead. Episode 17, Clown World. Okay, welcome back to Thriving the Future. This week, we are going to Clown World. No, Clown World's coming to us. <laughs> Clown World's coming to us. The circus is coming to town. <laughs> circus is coming to town. Now, there's several people that, because of the way Clown World is used on the internet, especially on Twitter, are saying, wow, Scott and Perpin are finally going to talk about current events. No, we're talking about future events. We're talking about future events. That's even better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lead us off there. I, I, I think we're going to use it a little bit different, but I, I've liked what everybody said about Clown World, and I think we are headed to Clown World. I think they're just too focused on the politics of it. Mm-hmm. And if we look at past history, right? Past history helps us define where we're at now. So if we look at something like the 30s, mm-hmm. when people all over lost their jobs, and men left their house to go get a job anywhere they could get a job for as long as they could get a job to send money home. Right. There were people that weren't even able to do that, right? And they just kind of wandered here and there. They were very down on their luck. Mm-hmm. Those are the clowns. Right. They're down on their luck, but they aren't the fraudster at the circus when it comes to town, right? Sure. They're just, they are the other from your group, your group being like your family, your tribe, your clan, your group of people, your community, right? Mm-hmm. But community is overused. I think we need to think smaller. Those people that you would do things for without expecting to be paid. Right. Right. And, right. and, and not even a barter. Mm-hmm. These are the people I take care of because we get they, they are a part of my life, right? Sure. You know, sort of like family, but being extended family. But so we're going to think... That the clowns are the other people that come to town with the circus that maybe we can bring into that some of the time. Mm-hmm. I think we should talk about that. Did you have any other thoughts on how we should think of these clowns that we've been talking about? Yeah, so everybody who is like us and, you know, they 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 prep or they're doing whatever, you'll have some friend or you'll have some uh, family member probably a distant family member that you give some advice to hey you know you might want to you might want to uh, prep, prep for this storm that's coming up or something inevitably you get down to the point where they say I, well I know where to go when things go wrong then I'm coming to your house yeah right? they come to my house because I've got the generator and they're going to come to my right. house because I've got the propane cook stove that I can pull out yeah. the extra canister of pay, propane to yeah come and, to my house and preppers use that as an example but then they call them zombies but what do you do with zombies you shoot them you shoot them so or you beat them with baseball bats or you stab them yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah it's a yeah. war so it's 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 wrong to call them zombies Unless you are one of these prepper guys that are going to shoot, that are going to defend their compound and they're going to shoot everything that moves that comes up to the gate. But uh, there may be a middle ground. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, if your relative, even if they're a distance relative or, you know, someone comes up to the gate, <laughs> you're not going to shoot them. So instead of them being a the zombie. The way I've heard some of these guys talk, I wouldn't be so sure. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go into that in a little bit. But, you know, I mean... Bob is a clown. 
Okay, right. <laughs> he's not a zombie. He he may be a jerk, right? Or he may just not get it, right? Or he may not have got it till just now. Yeah, he loves the world, and and the the other option would have been too much of a sacrifice for him. But now he gets it, and he's going crap. So I'm gonna go to Perpin's house, or I'm gonna go to Scott's house, right? That's a clown. Okay. Now, I, I think it's good. Definition. I mean, you would even call him, dude, you're a clown. <laughs> yeah. Right? Don't be a clown. Yeah. So, 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 you know, and if we think about this and we extend like that 30s depression era with the people, we've got our clowns to find. Mm-hmm. Truth of the matter is, of the people listening to this podcast, at least a quarter of them could possibly be the clown. Mm-hmm. They, they could have been all prepped. They could have had everything, all their ducks in a row. Sure. And it just didn't go their way. It, mm-hmm. went, it went so far not their way that they're now wandering. Yeah, and that's... And we don't the, want to shoot those people. No, no. And one of the keys is, is that we were talking about this today. And I don't want to lock the gate on them and not let them in either. Yeah. And we were talking about this today. It was either on um, another Telegram group or if it was on Twitter that... Um, Oh, yeah, this is why. It was because um, anarchists, preppers, mm-hmm. poo-poo um, making community and community gardens. I'm going to do it myself, and I'm going to have a garden, and I'm going to grow my own stuff. Well, we know that doesn't work 100%. So you need to form a community so that you can grow different things, so that you can, uh, you know, if you have well, a complete crop even, failure even, or whatever even, else. Even if... You're not going to do it all yourself. Or mm-hmm. you do it all yourself. Right. We have the community. We've still got these people that are technically outside. And we're really asking, are we going to leave them out there? Sure. Are we going to shoot them? Mm-hmm. Are we going to cause them to band together into a mob of more people than we are just so they can come beat down our door, take away our gun, and eat our food? <laughs> okay. Right, and I mean, that sounds extreme. And, some, and some, some of them are redeemable, right? Right, and that sounds well, extreme. But we're talking about, you know, what is Syria got going on? Yeah, what what has happened in African countries? Yeah, I mean, and see, when it falls apart, right, it's not pretty. And the '30s is going to be a totally different thing if it happens today because people lived on farms. There was much more people that were agrarian. They knew how to do stuff. And if this happened today, it's like, you know. The dude's, a, the dude's a car salesman or and something. And anybody that's tried to build community right now right. can find plenty of people that get their problems, mm-hmm. but can't find people that are serious about building community. Exactly. And, and when people are sitting on the other side of that fence and that gate, mm-hmm. they now have incentive to right. build that community. So the question really becomes, how are we going to separate the clowns from the acrobats? The con men, the circus barker, <laughs> the, the lions, the bears, and the tigers, right? I mean, because awesome. the whole circus is out there. Right, the whole circus is out there, right. And if you're watching the news and you're all up on the news, you yep. can see the circus every day. Yeah. Right? Well, Bob the Clown, who's the relative, might actually be one of the circus barkers, but please continue. <laughs> he might be, but we need to filter these people out. Yeah, okay. And how, do you have any ideas on how we can do that or thoughts on why we should do it or... Or how to go about it? Well, if we have something like a thirty-style depression, it's not going to be a, it's not going to be a blip, right? It's not going to be a, um, and it probably won't be a full collapse like a, you know, 
You got you got Russia pretty much had it. Government imposed from like what? The end of World War One ish, all the way through the eighties, nineties. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So I mean, and and it may not be a collapse for everybody, right? So oh, it probably won't. Right, it never is. Because in the depression, it was supposedly like twenty-five to thirty-five percent unemployment, and um, and it was still really bad. So I mean, you know, people lost their places and everything else. So there, there, there's all kinds. Of, yeah. yeah. So so, but I think the missing key here, and it's the thing that we do not know how to do with people anymore at all, mm-hmm. is build trust. Mm. Yeah. And trust causes that other thing that everybody will talk about, a fear of commitment mm-hmm. and not accepting responsibility. Right. Th- those all tie together. But I think they go back to no way to build trust because we don't know how to build trust anymore. Okay. So how do we how do we incorporate the other or figure out how to build trust with them? I think what we've been doing as our local, local our little community, right? Uh-huh. We've been, we've been doing the barter blanket. Right. And I think, what was it? I don't know, it was a couple workshops back, I said something like, this barter blanket really isn't for us long term. Because we were, we, people were discussing, do we continue to do this once a month? Do we do this more often? Do we do it less often? Is that too often? How are we doing this? And I pointed out that the barter blanket was not really for us. Mm-hmm. This was about building that skill of being able to barter with somebody. Sure. Because a barter blanket is about the other. Right. Because when goods are not crossing borders, fences, gates, then troops are. Right. And, and, and as a side note, we've all also seen, as we've done monthly barter blankets, that we've saturated our small group with our, with our goods, right? So well, some of them, you know, yeah. I mean, if I bring vinegar to the barter blanket... People still have vinegar from the last time we had a barter blanket. Right. So it's probably not going to be a good tradable item unless you have some some of the other, right? So well, it's just going to depend, right? Right. No one craft level product is going to be your sole currency. Correct, correct. Right. Unless you're doing business with the other. Mm-hmm. And you talked a but, little bit in that bonus episode, I think it was episode 13, about... Uh, about the um, the barter blanket and the real purpose of it, and can you reiter- reiterate some of you what you were talking about there? It is that it's a cultural thing. It's a cultural thing. It it does build culture, mm-hmm. a- and we are so divorced from that and what is value and what is valuable and how will I trade with somebody that we can't even think about it. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of one of the reasons we started that exercise. Two, everybody kept telling us we'd barter our way out of this. <laughs> If we ended up in a situation like that. And so we needed... It was the best way to run a model, right? Do right. it for real. Yeah. Um, but what I've noticed is it's built trust. Mm-hmm. Because we've engaged, and that's what really made it click, because I knew it was for the other. But when I saw it build trust, I finally understood how it works with the other. Sure. And... um I think it was at that same one where we were kind of, was kind of discussing that it was the other. We talked about how when two, we'll say nomads, we're going to go back in history, right? Two guys that are kind of wandering 
mm-hmm. from town to town, city to city, just because of their job, their profession. They're traveling from city to city back before cars and all that, right? When they'd meet, they had to start gauging whether they could trust the other person, right? And, um, you know, that kind of starts with, you know, you, you kind of run into each other when one guy's setting up camp or something, right? We've seen this in plenty of Westerns. Sure. And the one guy's starting to build a fire. And the other guy wanders in and he goes, you want some coffee? And he says, yeah. And so while they're doing that, they have that conversation, right? Mm-hmm. So where are you headed? Where are you from? Oh, do you know so-and-so? And we start, you know, comparing people we know, people we trust, people we don't know, what we're doing, right? Mm-hmm. And if we can build a fire together and we can have coffee and we can maybe get to, you know, some meat or right in that meal, right? Just that meal progresses. Right. That back and forth starts to let you gauge the other person, judge their character. You know, I mean, when somebody picks up a little hatchet to chop some wood, are they going to throw it at me? Are they going to stick it in my back or are they going to cut the wood? Right. You have a tester. How jittery is the other guy when I pick that up? And you get to watch and judge all that. We don't have that for the barter blanket yet. Mm hmm. And I think that's kind of what we, we, we've been discussing how we would do that. And that kind of led to this podcast because mm-hmm. that is what we would have to do. If these if we had this problem with clown world, the circus is all standing outside the gate <laughs> and we want to filter the clowns, the people that we can redeem out of that mess, the people that are not going to murder people, the people that aren't going to steal from us, the people that just need direction and to learn a skill to become part of the community. Sure. We have to have a way of building trust. I think the barter blanket kind of gets us there. Mm-hmm. What do you need today? You need food today. Okay. What are we going to do for room and board? Right? What, what, what do you, you can chop wood and have a meal. That's good, right? Right. Those things build that trust. And I think this should probably be a bigger conversation, right? Within mm-hmm. the listeners of the podcast. Because I don't have the answers. If we look at Bedouin culture, hospitality... Is a big deal. I don't, right. th- I don't think we can quite use that word because it means something different to them and to those cultures than it does here. We think of things like Southern hospitality. I'm going to be nice even though I'm being mean, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I- I'm going to cook for you and I'm going to clean the dishes and I'm going to take care of all that because you're my guest at my house, right? Sure. Some of those things tie and some of those don't. And then you get into things like the hospitality industry where we've turned it into a corporate thing where it's lost its feeling sure but bedouins you know you start with offering a guy water in a desert that's a big deal Mm -hmm. and if you're going to accept that water you're agreeing to be peaceable right and that that builds through their thing too right That, that that you do business before bread and salt but once you've gotten to bread and salt you're in a covenant with them. Mm-hmm. You're sharing a tent for the night, at least, right? Mm-hmm. You're you're doing that, inviting them into the community, but there's a commitment on both sides. Once you've accepted this thing, you are agreeing not to hurt me, and I'm agreeing not to hurt you. I am offering not to hurt you. Are you going to accept it? And and I think that's kind of what we need to work on. It's kind of a proof of work thing, right? Yeah, Are, definitely. It, it's a it's a testing and a trying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it becomes more important if we end up in one of those 30s level things, right? 
I may need help harvesting apples in the fall, but I don't have something in the summer. Sure. Right? Or maybe I need a barn built. But a barn building doesn't last years, right? Mm -hmm. So some of these people may have to wander in and out of our communities. And we have to build that trust. And then maybe they'll come back through again later. And we have to rebuild that trust, get engaged, and see if they're the same person that left. And And this doesn't even have to be a full crap hits the fan scenario. I mean, if you had... If you had a significant enough, um, if you had a significant enough unemployment, then you would have a, a percentage of the people that would be those clowns, just inevitably. Right. You know, take the homeless people that we have today, and then and then multiply that by with middle class people that are not able to find a job because their jobs no longer exist. Yeah, I think we're doing this podcast partly because we're trying to not game what's going to happen or model what's mm-hmm. happening. It's we'll a begin to think about it. It is a mindset. Yeah, this, we're we're trying to adopt really a, mindset. a mindset, and we're trying to adopt a mindset of filtering people in a way that's not one of those stupid trust exercises yeah. that your corporation goes on and you catch each other when you fall backwards, right? I mean, right. even after that as a company work thing that well, mean yeah. you trust them as we talked about with the clowns versus zombie things i mean you know there's a there's a worldview yeah there's, there's a, a mindset are the way we're using clown world mm-hmm. is another example of this mindset difference right right a lot of people are looking for a way to poke fun at politicians sure a way to make fun of people that are completely lost mm-hmm And it's a way to distance themselves from feeling human towards that other human. We've talked about this, like back in the hovel thing, right? Exactly. We talked about finding the commonality between people. Mm -hmm. Well, there isn't very much that separates me from being the person they're pointing at, laughing at, and ridiculing, right? Right. And in fact, it's being done to me. By the people that the one that are calling it clown, the other side, right? Sure. I kind of get it from both sides sometimes, right? Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I, I get it from, right? Because I'm not either side of it, but that comes from looking at each person and going, "What is redeemable?" Yeah. Looking for how to build trust, how to build community, and do that first because that's what makes hard times thrivable. Mm-hmm. But I, I really don't have a good, good answer. We know that we know that we need some kind of ritual meeting between people, mm-hmm. like building that campfire. That didn't really work here, right? I mean, you right. come. In, I guess I turn on the stove, right? And we can make coffee, but it it isn't slow enough, right? If if you go to third world countries, like they will do the whole thing where they do the coffee ceremony or the tea ceremony, right? That doesn't happen quickly. So in a third world country, that doesn't happen quickly. Yeah, it doesn't happen quickly. It, uh-huh. it, it, you know, you, you show up and they're like, oh, it's nice to see you. Where, you been? where, where are you from? And they go grind the coffee beans, right? Mm-hmm. They then boil the water and there's that slow conversation. But we've made everything in this world so fast, right? I bought a little uh, kettle that you, electric kettle, you put the water in and it boils. Right. It boils faster than boiling on the stove. Mm-hmm. It's faster, it's quicker, and we're always looking for that. Mm-hmm. 
but that is not slow enough to get to know somebody. True. And, and it's one of the things I've noticed with everybody that's talking about community is they want to jump this step. Let's go buy a farm together. <laughs> You're right. Well, let's go move in together. Let, let, let's go build a community. Let's go have a fully functioning down small town downtown, yeah. right? Yeah. But nobody's talking about how do we, how do we get to where we trust everybody, right? And, and you get so far along on that, and that's exactly the issue hit. Everybody goes, "Well, I'm not ready to commit just yet." Yeah, <laughs> that's a good analogy, right? I mean, right. You, you get down there, and, and you know, so, some somebody's out searching for land. And they go, "This is a pretty decent deal," and mm -hmm. all of a sudden, the money dries up. Well, or, or the time dries up, yeah. or the work dries up, or everybody stops talking. Mm -hmm. And I've seen it in more than one group. I mean, sure. so, so I'm not pinpointing anybody. It happens over and over and over and over right. and over and over. Or worse, they get together and they form a air air quote community, and then they can, they figure out they can't stand each other because they don't share values because they didn't take the time to figure each other out and and. Paul Wheaton's got a whole book on that. Yeah, he does. Yeah. It's a pretty decent book on that. Yeah, well, and then... It ignores some things, but, you know, it is good, it's a good analogy of not doing this basic getting a proof of work from somebody. Mm -hmm, and proof mm -hmm. of work is... is I, 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 I'm too technology-oriented, right? And I'm too mm, cryptocurrency-oriented. No. But proof of work is really interesting to me because it says, bring something to the table. Right. So if, and now you've brought something to the table. There's some value. We, we can start to have a conversation because I'm not the only one sitting here trying to do sure. something. So it's so scenario, right? Okay. Um, proof of work not being electronic. So you have uh, it's, it's, it's turning into a 30s situation, right? Lots of people are out of work. You no. may or may not have people at the gate, but you have friends or whatever else. Friends. Family, air quotes clowns. again. <laughs> right, clowns. <laughs> You're right, clowns. That uh, be a, be consistent in my uh, terminology. That um, that need help, but you don't know them that well, right? Then can you can you give them a task or something to proof of work them to see whether they're you made me think of something adaptable, right? right? So you know, have them chop some wood or you know whatever. Go ahead. You start small and it builds. Yeah, sure. But what you made me think of is I was reading about um, it was it was a Catholic church and who do we decide to help or give charity to? Mm, that's a good was point. Was the question, right? Mm -hmm. And they came a group of them because it's still an argument. Yeah, sure. Came to the conclusion that what you did is you did for people what they couldn't do for themselves. Mm -hmm. So you could give a meal to somebody tonight because they weren't going to have that. Mm-hmm. You could give a guy a suit so that he could go to the interview. Right. You didn't give him the job. You didn't do that. Right. You provided the, the thing that was standing in the way mm -hmm. of them being able to take over and do it themselves. Right. Because that kept you out of the situation where you had a bunch of people just hanging around waiting for you to give them everything. Correct. So that's a, that's a key metric that, that you only do what they can't do for themselves at the moment or in the future, you you, you provide that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, and, that, you bridge that gap, right? And the homeless, and then prove to me you've got more. That that's proof of work, right? Yeah, I give you the suit. You go out and you interview for the jobs. Mm -hmm. 
either get one or you don't, but you've already demonstrated willingness to be a part of a solution. Mm-hmm. At that point, you can take it a step further and help them continue to do the next thing that they can't seem to be getting past, right? Sure. Instead of wandering around all my friends going, you know, will you give this guy a job? Right. I give them the suit. Not that a suit's required anymore for an interview, but this was, you know, this was back at that time period, right? Well, and you also give the opportunity both for you and them to count the cost, right? Right. So, you know, a good example without dogging on, you know, without getting dragged into a homeless conversation, um, the homeless um, shelter over in Kansas City has a policy where you can stay there two nights, but then you'll have to... um, join some of their programs, whatever those programs are, you know, whether they're whatever, right? You know, there's different programs. And they said that more than 75% of the people don't want to join any of them programs and they leave. So, you know, that... It's a filtering mechanism. It's a filtering mechanism. For for what they're trying to do, yeah. Sure, right. And then, so that, in some cases, is proof of work. How would we do that? Like I said, somebody's somebody's at the gate, somebody's contacted you, um... You know, scenario, most people don't have more than two months worth of house payments saved up. They're probably two or three months before they lose their house, right? I think my first question is, Mm -hmm. let's go get some coffee. Yeah. And let's get some paper. Mm -hmm. And let's start looking at your real situation. Hmm. How much money is there in the bank? What skills have you used? How long does the unemployment last? How long does... Let's just start making a chart. Let's make a timeline. Right. Where are you at with all this? Are you ready to try something new? Are you ready... Do you need some money to take a class so that you can go get the job? Is it... Right. right? And break that down. And it's going to depend on each individual situation because no two people are alike, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But the first step of that was slow down and the second one was get a cup of coffee. Sure. Or tea or... Whatever, right? Maybe it's a beer. It mm-hmm. depends on the people, right? Right. But but in that conversation, I'm not only looking at what is the real situation. I'm looking at what is their mental state. Are they in denial about this? Sure. Are they going to... They may want to try and they may be all in for trying, but you can see they're right on the verge of hitting that grief thing and they're going to need to go through that grief. Mm-hmm. And so if we're going to have a person who's doing that right, we need to start with, well, okay, we're going to get them to start taking action, but I know it's not going to work and they're going to fall apart because they're going to hit this grief thing. Right. Where do we get real and I kick them out because they need it to get over their grief because they're not doing it? Good point. Right. And you got to start planning that out and charting it out and looking at it, right? But I think that's the way we solve it. But you've, and I think most people at the beginning of that conversation are going to get angry. And they're going to get angry at you because you made them look at the problem mm-hmm. and they didn't want a solution. Right. And I think we have to look at it as not a failure. The first, the first thing, you, the first thing I always want to do when I'm in a conversation like that is look at it. I screwed that up because I can't help them. Mm-hmm. But you didn't screw it up. We found out they're not in a place for me to do any of this that I was willing to do, carry them through their grief and everything else. I can't help them because they don't want help. And so then I've got to sit there and watch them get to the place where they're ready for help. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, definitely. I, I think that's the way I would start to handle it, right? I mm-hmm. mean, and if it's somebody I don't know and they're standing at the gate, then yeah, maybe we start with cutting firewood or helping me pull weeds and we watch and pay attention. Are we going to take advantage of me? You know, because I mean, th- there's all kinds of, th- some people when they're pulling weeds, they spend the whole time talking sure. and not pulling any weeds. Mm-hmm. Some people are pulling out real plants because they don't know what they're doing. And some people are just pulling out everything, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's an engage. It tells you a lot about a person. Right. Just like sitting down and playing a game of checkers or poker or chess or something like that, right? It right. starts to show you the way they react to pressure what they do but you can also listen to the way they talk yeah definitely that's good you have some thoughts on what you do when they're standing at the gate well i think number one is you know there's probably folks that are listening to this that are ah come on it'll never get like that and then you have some folks that are listening that says yeah bring it on or crap it's fan scenario we're talking about not crap hits the fan scenario we're talking about slow right i'm thinking that if we if we can model it out and fix it in the worst situation as mm-hmm. possible right we've got the circus sitting out there and we need to find the clowns in the circus sure the people we can help mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah we can start to build a community better because we can answer this question about trust right so that we can have a group that can maybe buy houses next to each other mm-hmm. buy a farm together invest in a property together build a real community, take it that step farther, right? Mm-hmm. And I know that there are lots of people working on it. But moving it to that where it's disassociated from the people we actually know. Right. And disassociating it from cur- the current world and taking it to the worst we can imagine it. Mm-hmm. And then keep that from going completely out of control and into some... Mad Max. Mad yeah. Max. Mm-hmm. By putting a historical context of the 30s Right. Or the I mean, Soviet you know, Union stuff or happens. whatever coming in, right? Because that, 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 that pulls it in from Mad Max. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what we're living in or what we've lived in for the last 40, 50 years is a anomaly. You know, the prosperity that we've seen, all that other stuff. So, you know, sorry, yeah. but that's reality. I mean, you know, so that... Um, and that and that's really good to not only figure out the clowns that are out by the gate, but we can start practicing that now as you have people come to your community. Cause first it'll happen slow. Right. And we already, well, yeah. you know, what, what this is about is, you know, what, what our podcast is about is thriving when the times get tough. Right. So we acknowledge in a presupposition that times are going to get tough. I mean, right. You, you know, there's, there's enough, <laughs> there's enough indication of that, but, uh, Look, some days I don't want to get out of bed. It was right. tough. Right. Right. So, you know, and then and then uh, if you're not prepared mentally with that mindset, then, you know, you won't see it when it happens. You'll be in too much in denial when it does happen, and then you won't be in a place to help people. Right. Yeah, and I think this also kind of starts to answer the question we really got from when we talked about Havel and Solzhenitsyn mm-hmm. and that essay. Good about what do you mean being human Mm -hmm. well it's seeing a whole circus and saying those are clowns and they're redeemable Mm -hmm. 
and not calling them zombies so that I feel okay and justify my shooting them, right? Correct. And we're not saying or, we or would shoot them, them, but, right? You know. Or anybody's going to get right. shot, right? But, th- but that is the attitude. That is that bravado that comes out of people, right? Sure. And it's, it's not used. real. That's why we're you. The reason we're talking about I, I've that. I've heard it for years. Yeah. And, and it's it's being increasingly used. So, you know. And it's poisoning people's mindset. Sure. Mm-hmm. And it's why they can't understand what I say when we're, when Solzhenitsyn and them are talking about seeing the human in the other person. Right. And not being about a political movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things we talked about in the Havel and Solzhenitsyn episode was the, the second part of Live Not By Lies when the Benda family created their meetings in, in their home to maintain the culture, right? Right. They were mostly Orthodox Christians, but they had a couple of people that came in that were Marxists. And you have to figure out, is this guy a secret police? So, you know, they're evaluating the clown, evaluating the trust. It turned out that the person was a, uh, was a, um, what's the word, was a philosophical Marxist, but didn't like the way that the Soviets was, were doing it. Of course, the philosophical one thinks that, oh yeah, I I can do socialism better. But yeah, they, a clown, they wanted to be a real clown, (laughs) right? They wanted to be there. They contributed to the, something to the, the community. And they, they were brought value to, to the table. Right. Even though they remained a clown mm-hmm. because they were not a part of the family tribe group. Right. Sure, sure. But they had to go through that trust. But they had to build that trust and go, well, this guy is just going to remain a clown, but we're going to accept him. We're going to love him. And he's bringing, he's bringing something to the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So we have a telegram call on Monday night of our, in our little group. We usually get to know somebody face-to-face before we invite them to the call, right? Not that we're talking about weird things on the call, but, you know. Um, we want to focus that conversation, and if we invite somebody in, and then three months later we find out they're in China, not mm-hmm. Kansas. Right. It creates distrust between everybody in the group. Right. And it keeps it... So, so we're looking to build that trust, right? Right. Or And those conversations between people that know each other face-to-face mm-hmm. helps do it. That That is one of our filters, right? Right. <laughs> Any parting thoughts about Clown World? I think that... I'd like to hear more about how other people intend to build trust. Mm-hmm. And then I think that we should start getting a conversation going within the, our listeners. Right. About other things like Clown World that we can find another perspective on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this would be a good conversation to have in our Telegram group. And if you'd like to be part of our Thriving the Future Telegram group, there's a link on the website. You can do proof of work by going over there and finding it and then clicking on it. (laughs) Hey, it's a low bar. Yeah, but, you know. A hurdle uh, is a hurdle. Right. And, you know, this is the kind of thing we can talk about. What's your ideas of this? We'll have enough fun just... You know, clown world. What do you think this episode is going to be about? <laughs> I can't wait to find. I can't wait to see the picture you put on the as the title picture. Uh, I got a pretty good picture. Good. It's like a. It, it's like a homeless clown dude. And hey, if you're mad at us, write us some hate mail so that we get to do clown world too. <laughs> clown world. The, clown world. The, the follow up. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Let's hear some hate mail. I don't think anybody hates us. I don't think anybody's angry clown at us. World. I, I, I think they're a bunch of ambivalent people that listen to us because there's nothing else going on in the world. 
<laughs> and they don't care one way or the other. Excellent. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Thrive in the Future podcast. Check us out on our website, thriveinthefuture.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at ThrivingTheFute. And come join our community chat on Telegram. It has a link in the website. This podcast was produced by Scott, the Freedom Farmer, freedomfarmer.net.